Welcome to Truth Talk with John Morgan of Traders Point Church of Christ. Traders Point Church of Christ is located at 8220 West 82nd Street in Indianapolis. More information about worship times and Bible study can be found at traderspointchurch.org. Good morning and welcome to Truth Talk. My name is John Morgan with the Traders Point Church of Christ. I'm here with our evangelist, Jeremy Bard. And we're going to continue our study in John chapter 1. A couple weeks ago, we began uh, our study through that particular gospel by just doing some of the introductory remarks that are made uh, really through the first 13 or so verses of John chapter 1. And we're going to pick up there and finish up that chapter this morning. As we mentioned when we began this study over the next several weeks, we're going to study chapter by chapter through the gospel of John And so if you listen to the show regularly, you can grab your Bible. If you get a chance to do some some reading, reading through the Gospel of John won't take you all that long, uh, but it is a very, very powerful read and a great way uh, of of looking at our Savior and the life that he led while he was here on earth. So Jeremy, as we kind of pick up our study here midway through or so, the first chapter of, of John, really maybe summarize a little bit for us how John is introducing Jesus. And I think we talked a little bit about that in our last show, but I think that's really what John's trying to do here, really through the entirety of the first chapter. He's, he's introducing Jesus to the audience, and he does so in a little bit of a unique way as compared to the other three Gospels. So maybe help us understand that just briefly, how Jesus is being introduced to us here. Yeah, you know, we talked last week, you know, in, about John itself. You know, there are four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And although they're all telling the exact same story about the exact same man during the exact same time that he lived, you're you're getting different angles to give us that fuller picture of Jesus and who he is. And that's certainly important because of certainly who he is and the fact that we are called upon to imitate him and to be Mm -hmm. like him and to then have a fuller picture of who he was and what he's all about and how he he interacted and, and things that he did and things that he didn't do. We, we need to have a big picture of that, and that's what we have in the four Gospels. A lot of times we will lump together Matthew, Mark, and Luke as the mm-hmm. synoptic Gospels, we'll call. Very similar, certainly not exactly the same, but very similar in their structure. But John is, is certainly structured a little bit different. It, it's probably the most chronological of the four Gospels. It kind of begins at, you know, towards the beginning, even mm-hmm. though he doesn't start with the birth right. like Matthew and Luke do. He doesn't start with those kinds of things, but he kind of he jumps into the ministry of Jesus. That's what we'll see right here in John chapter 1, the very outset of kind of his public uh, ministry beginning, the, the beginning of that. And work its way through his life. And, you know, it's really a powerful book that pertains specifically to getting the readers to understand that Jesus was the Son of God. John comes right out and says that. Mm -hmm. I mean, in John chapter 20, he he comes literally right out and says, this is why I wrote the book, so that you can believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And so he begins the book with that kind of premise, that Jesus, although he was here on earth, was no less God that he right. was he that wasn't his beginning when he was born to Mary he always has been he has that eternal function just like God the Father does just like God the Spirit does that he was there that he was in the beginning that he was the creator that he is eternal in essence that he was God and so that's what the beginning portion of John chapter 1 really gives us 
And really, as we work its way through now, we're introduced to Jesus on earth, mm-hmm. and we see kind of the very first things that he's doing. Yeah, and one of the ways in which he's introduced is by John the Baptist. I think you made mention in our first study that it, sometimes it's difficult, but we don't want to get confused, John the Baptist, with the, the writer of this book. But, but John the Baptist is, is introduced here as, as the one who is going to, in a lot of ways, help people understand who Jesus is and why he's here. He's, he's a messenger in a lot of ways, and that's even how he introduces himself a little bit as people begin to question who he is. He quotes from, from the prophet Isaiah, He's the one who's crying out in the wilderness, make the straight way for the Lord. He's the one who's paving the path for Jesus as he comes comes to this earth. And he's introduced here in this uh, first chapter of John. And he plays a really important role in, in, in introducing Jesus uh, to the masses and helping them understand who he is and why he's here. And he, he's a very interesting man to, to study about and to think about and you know, there's a lot of pictures about what he would have looked like because of how he's described and those sorts of things. But, but he's played such an important role in the early days of Jesus' ministry. And I think sometimes we overlook that. Uh, but he was, he was given a very important job uh, while he was here on earth to help declare Jesus and help people understand who he is and why he's here. And I think it's, it's very important as we get into this study of John and we begin to think about why Jesus came to earth and who he is and what his purpose is, to recognize that, that God put people in the right places throughout Jesus' life and throughout his ministry to help people understand that and help show people who Jesus is. He didn't just throw him out there and say, here he is, figure it out. This was a plan that was in place from the very beginning, and there are people throughout Jesus' life that were given specific roles in helping him along the way. And John the Baptist is one of those. And so this this section of text that we're really getting into this morning, I think, is, is really important as we begin to think about the role that John played in Jesus' life. And he's someone that that was really crucial in helping uh, these early early Christians and early followers of Jesus help understand who he is and the purpose that he was sent to earth for. Yeah, you made mention that, you know, there in Isaiah, that passage talking specifically about John. I mean, there are other Old Testament passages that make mm-hmm. references to John the Baptist. And I think you're right on the you're right on the money with the fact that this was all a part of the plan. Even the timing of when John would come and then followed then by Jesus. I mean, even the timing of it was all a part of the plan. And this was not just something that just kind of happened, and then you know it's just you know hey let's just let's get this thing done, and we'll throw Jesus on the earth and right. see what happens. No, this was a plan. Even why he came to Earth mm-hmm. was all a part of it. Everything had purpose, and John the Baptist had a very specific purpose. And you see that even from the outset, his tie to Jesus, and, and that he had this one purpose. And you know we've <clears throat> I think it's interesting that even after he fulfills the purpose that he was, I mean, born to deliver, he, he's taken away. I mean, he's, he's murdered not long after even completing the yeah, purpose. Yeah, and and right. I think that just kind of drives the point home that, you know, even by way of application, I mean, all, all of us have a purpose. Not as specific, and it's certainly different than what John the Baptist here has, but each and every one of us has a purpose, and we've got mm-hmm. to be able to understand what that purpose is, and that is proclaiming God, that is glorifying Him. That is our purpose. And you almost don't see anybody 
living their purpose more so than John the Baptist. Yeah. Even though John in his gospel doesn't mention it here, but I'm always, um, I'm always, you know, interesting passage in Luke when, you know, Elizabeth is pregnant with John, Mary comes being mm-hmm. pregnant with Jesus, and, and they, they come together for the first time, mm-hmm. and John leaps in his mother's womb. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's just a remarkable, yeah. even in the womb, the first yep. interaction with Jesus, you know, John is fired up about that. And then here in this first chapter, his attitude, which I'm sure we'll talk about here in just a second, his humility, and ultimately his understanding of his purpose, yeah. and maybe understanding of his place. I mean, yeah. I guess that's what humility is. But you really see that with John uh, playing out here in the first chapter. Yeah, that's a really important point because you see he, John's really even given opportunities to step into the limelight a little bit himself because people are coming to him asking, you know, are, are you a prophet? Are you Elijah? Who are you? You know, tell us about you. And he was given really that opportunity if he, if he so desired to, to really kind of set himself up to be someone that was admired and looked to. But instead, at, at every turn, he pointed people back to Jesus. And I think you, you, you hit the nail on the head there. That type of mentality and that type of attitude not only shows the humility that John had, but it also shows the understanding of who Jesus really was. And, and to recognize that this is the Son of God. I'm just here in a servant role. I'm just here for a specific purpose, and whatever that is, I'm going to do my part to fulfill that, but the person that I want you to look to, the person that I want to introduce you to, is Jesus, the Son of God. And and I think that is such a powerful illustration of really how we should be as well, because in a lot of ways, we can do for other people what John was doing for them. We can introduce people to Christ. You know, we, we can't point to him and say, here he is. But we can, through the Word, we can introduce people to Christ. And really, that's, that's the call of a Christian today, is to do everything we can to, to introduce people and to lead people to Christ. And John, I think, is a great example of someone who is able to take himself out of it right. and really put Jesus out in front of people and allow them to see Him for who He truly is. And man, if we can do that today as, as Christians and followers of Christ, that, that I think can be a, a powerful tool to use to really show people that it's not about me, it's about Christ, and I want to introduce you to him. You know, not over, you made mention there in, in really in verses 19, you know, down to verse 23, where you had people directly asking, you know, John who he is, almost putting um, limelight kind of words in his own mouth. I yeah. mean, are you the Christ? Right. Are you Elijah? Are you a prophet? I mean, he, there, he's had ample opportunity to to step into that and say, yes, I'm really somebody yeah. super important. And he was somebody super important. Yeah. But to yeah. really play that out, that, listen, I, I'm I'm the key to this whole thing. I mean, it, it, for the Christ to come, I've got to come first. It's all yeah. about me. And you even see a little deeper into the chapter, not to jump too far ahead, but when you get into like verses 35 and 36, when you have even two of John's followers, Mm-hmm. That he, you know, Jesus, you know, comes on the comes on the page, and John the Baptist immediately is saying, "This is the one that you need to be following." Behold, the Lamb of God is is there. I mean, that's to even yeah. his own followers. And yeah. again, you see his attitude. How easy it would have been to say, "Well, listen, I, <clears throat> Jesus, you're going to have enough of your own folks. I've got these two guys that like me a mm-hmm. whole lot." 
No, it was immediately. Here is the one. I mean, you see that a little bit, you know, further up into the chapter as well, that John is constantly pointing Jesus out to people. Behold the Lamb of God, it says multiple times here in this chapter. And I do think it's interesting that even to his own followers, people that are interested in what John had to say, he's here he is this is the one not me mm-hmm. this is the one that you need to be following yeah and the, the terminology that john uses to to describe jesus i think is is really important and you mentioned there that at least twice in this first chapter he refers to jesus as the lamb of god which is a, a phrase that we even still use today when talking about christ sometimes the the lamb of god I, i've thought as i was reading through this that the impact that that phrase had on those people must have been really significant. For, for us, we hear that and we immediately think, oh, that's Jesus. He's talking about Jesus. Yeah, okay. But to them, the Lamb of God, the only thing that that meant was sacrifice. Right. That, that's what that meant to these people when they heard it. A, a lamb was, was meant to be sacrificed. You can go back to the story in Genesis chapter 22 where, where Abraham and Isaac go up onto the mountain. What are they looking for? They're looking for the lamb, right? Because that's the sacrifice that they would be offering. That, that's what a lamb represented to the Jews. And so for, for John to refer to Jesus as the lamb of God, he's signifying that Jesus is, is to be sacrificed on, on behalf of the people. And so even at the very onset of Jesus' ministry, John understood and was trying to relay the message to others that not only is this the Son of God, not only is this deity, but this is also going to be a sacrifice. And to think of an individual, a human being, in that way, it's one thing to think of a, of a lamb or an animal as a sacrifice, but to think of a human being and look at that human being as, this is, this is an individual who's going to be a sacrifice on our behalf. The, the impact that that would have had on people, I think, was significant. I think sometimes that significance is lost on us a little bit because we're so far removed from that type of a system. But, but to really stop and think what John is saying here when he points to Jesus as the Lamb of God, that, that I think, would send chills down your spine if you were living in that first century and looking at an individual and referring to him in that way. And you know, it, it's a picture of Jesus that we'll see through, I mean, throughout Scripture. And certainly even John the writer. I mean, I'm going to be happy when we get through this first part of John. We won't have to be John the Baptist, John right. the writer, yeah, exactly. you know, as much anymore. But, you know, you have certainly the parallels with the Passover lamb that you're going to get, you know, with Jesus yep. as you move, you know, throughout, you know, the rest. Even, you know, as I was making mention with John the writer, when he's, you know, giving us the picture of his revelation at the very end of the New Testament, he, he will portray Jesus in lots of different ways. But it, still, the picture is given there of the Lamb at the very towards the very beginning of the book of Revelation, when you have God and He's got the you know the the scroll with the seven seals, and He's mm-hmm. wondering who who can open this, yeah. and, and nobody can open it. But yet here is a Lamb that was slain. Now he is the one that can open. And now you have even this picture of Jesus. And it is interesting that this is how he is introduced. This is years before we're going to see him on the cross. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's years before that. But it, it, it goes to the understanding of what certainly John the Baptist purpose was, but even Jesus's purpose and John's understanding of that, that here as he's introduced, he's pointing all the way to the cross. And and like I said, we're here. He doesn't have even any apostles yet. He's not been introduced to Andrew or Peter who will play prominent roles Mm -hmm. in, you know, in Jesus's life. That comes a little bit later on in this chapter. But from that outset, I mean, Jesus hasn't preached 
one thing to one person. Mm-hmm. And John the Baptist is already pointing to the cross. Yep. And, you know, it is really goes to the idea that all of this was a perfect plan set in place at the beginning, we're told, in other places in the New Testament. And now we're seeing it unfold for us here at the very outset of John's gospel. And I think it's, it's worth mentioning that for those who were, were sincere about the old law and about the prophets and what they had to say— those are the ones who would have more easily understood what's being talked about here. Because people who were sincere and honest and and diligent about studying what the prophets had to say, they would have been looking for this coming Messiah who would be a sacrifice on behalf of mankind. But I think the the picture that's being painted here for us and what we see really throughout not just the Gospels but also as we go into Acts is that that wasn't the case for most people. They didn't understand all of this, or they didn't want to understand all of this. And so the the coming of the Messiah and the fact that he was going to be a sacrificial lamb was something that eluded them in a lot of ways. If anything, they thought that the coming Messiah was going to be a worldly leader, you know, a military presence of some sort. And so John here is trying to to reemphasize, hey, look back to the prophets and you'll understand what's coming here. You'll you'll understand who this is. But there was such confusion about that that really we see throughout Jesus' life and even after Jesus' life, people were still struggling to understand this. That this was the Son of God who came to fulfill all of the prophecy that you read about uh, through the Old Testament. He is the Son of God, but His purpose was not to come and to defeat Rome. His purpose was not to come and to build a strong military presence. His purpose was to come as a servant and as a sacrifice on behalf of mankind. And, and so John trying to make that picture more clear for these people early on in Jesus' ministry is something that, that they continue, we're going to see as we go throughout this study, that people are going to continue to struggle with that. Right. Really understanding who Jesus is. And I, sometimes I think, man, how could you miss that? You know, Because it seems so, so easy to me now, 2,000 years removed. But I think it's easy for us to see if we try and put ourselves in the shoes of these individuals. This was a really difficult thing for them to grasp. And we can see that because of how often it had to be addressed. It was really something that people were struggling to understand, that the Son of God was going to come in such humble means and to be a sacrifice on our behalf. You know, it's even, even, you know, what you had to say is really a great segue into the, you know, the bottom portion of this chapter. When, mm-hmm. when, when Jesus really comes now face to face with what will ultimately be what, what is, are his first disciples, his yeah. first followers, I mean, really important people in his life. Peter has made mention right here. But even these people who will be really, really important people in the life of Jesus, that they struggled with who yeah. he was from the beginning. Yeah. And John the writer, I mean, he, he's very he's very open and, and clear about that. That you had even from the outset people who were on board, like Andrew was very mm-hmm. quickly, but others who weren't on as much on board and they needed some convincing. And what you see, and we'll certainly talk about it in the last, you know, ten minutes or so that we have left, what we'll see is is Jesus willing to work through that with folks. Mm-hmm. That, yep. you know, it's not the, hey, I'm here and you better see it. And if you don't, I'm moving on to somebody else. Mm-hmm. No, you see the patience and the, you know, the love and the care, I think, even from Jesus, from this very beginning picture, when, I mean, as soon as he's on the scene, people were like, I don't think so. I mean, as soon as he's introduced, <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, it's like the very first introductions, you know, it was yeah. like, no, not, not, not this you. guy, not you. And I mean, that's the very beginning of it. Yeah. And you'll, you're right, you'll see that play out through certainly this gospel and really all the gospels from the beginning of the story of Jesus really to the very end of his story. Yeah, I think that's such an interesting thing that you brought up. And I, I can only imagine what Jesus must have been thinking as he went through all of this. Obviously, he, he knows all things. But I think even he must have been at times, we even see it bubbling to the surface at times, where he just he just so desperately wants people to recognize who he is and why he's here. And I think there's, there's signs of that even early on, as, as you mentioned. You know, he, his, his first words that he, we see him as he introduces himself to some of his apostles, you know, come and see. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys aren't sure about this. You, you know, you, you want to know what's going on? Well, come and see. Let's go. Let's, uh, follow me for a little while, and I guarantee you, you'll right. figure this thing out. And I think that, that type of mentality shows just what you were talking about with Jesus, his willingness to work through this with people. Like, I understand how confusing this must be. What I'm going to ask of you is that you just follow me. And, and see for yourself. And, and again, the, the application, I think, for us today is so powerful there. Listen, we come across people all the time who question Jesus, who question whether there is even a God to begin with, question the validity of the Bible. And really, at the end of the day, all we can ask them is come and see. You know, t- take a look for yourself. Put it to the test, right? Because if, if it truly is from God, then it will show itself to be from God. Just come and see. And I think that, that message from Christ is such a powerful one, and it's even such a powerful one today, because all the convincing in the world is not going to bring people to Christ. They're going to have to see it for themselves through right. the Word. And, and really, that should be our message as Christians to, to those who are searching. Come and see. Come test it for yourself. And that's what Jesus was asking of his disciples here. Listen, if you follow me for a while, and I, I don't prove to you that I'm the Son of God, so be it. Go your way, but, but you got to give me a chance, so come and see. And that's what he was asking of them, and that's ultimately, obviously, we know the rest of the story. That's what they did, and, and what they saw left them no doubt as to who Jesus was. Yeah, I mean, it really is, I mean, especially from verse 35 to the end of the chapter. I mean, it is a great point of application for all of us that are looking to share Jesus with someone. I mean, we see really exactly how it's done here. And I think a lot of times when we think about sharing Jesus or talking to others about Jesus or, you know, you know, trying to share the gospel with folks, we just, we complicate that in our minds so much so that we, you know, the fear is instilled and then we don't do it at all because we've complicated the whole process. And then we've mm-hmm. convinced ourselves I just can't do it. Right. I'm not equipped yep. to do it. Yep. I just, I just can't do it. But yet, we we see right here. I mean, two instances. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I mean, we get two of them back to back. And really, I mean, there are two different things that take place. But it is the exact same way both of them happen. Yeah. Andrew comes in contact with Jesus. He goes and finds Peter, his brother, someone very close to him, and says, "Listen, we, we found the Christ. You need to come and check it out." And Peter comes and checks it out and has an interaction with Jesus. I mean, we you know it's a it, it, that first interaction with mm-hmm. someone that will become so yeah. important, you know, here not just to Jesus but to the you know to the early church even as the Book of Acts unfolds. You have right in, at the outset Jesus knowing the role that Peter is going to play. It mean, switches his name almost. I'm yeah. you're, you're now Cephas. We're gonna <laughs> right. you're you're now a stone. That's uh-huh. what your name is going to be. 
And then you have Philip doing the exact same thing. He comes in contact with Jesus. He goes and gets Nathaniel, and he brings Nathaniel in. He, he, listen, you just got to come see for yourself. You got to come check it out for yourself. And even Nathaniel, who is a little has some skepticism. We're not get that as much from Peter, but from Nathaniel, you have a little bit of skepticism. But yet, mm-hmm. all Philip is doing is introducing them to Jesus. You, you need to come and check it out for yourself. And we sometimes think, well, that's, that doesn't work that way today. It works exactly that way. It works exactly that yeah. way of just introducing Jesus to folks. And you're right. They have to be the one to, I can't do that part for them. Right. I can introduce them to Jesus, and then they've got to then take it from there. And I can do that all day, every day. And ultimately, I mean, that's what we're called, I mean, that's what we're called in, on to do is just to simply have that level of just personal conversation. Listen, you're going to see it again unfold in John chapter 3 mm-hmm. and John chapter 4. Mm-hmm. Now, it's Jesus himself, mm-hmm. but it's just that very basic conversation about spiritual things, not to overcomplicate it really in any way. Yeah, I love the fact that in verse 39, where Jesus tells them, come and see, mm-hmm. that, that's exactly the same phrase that Philip uses when he talks to Nathaniel, come yeah. and see. It's almost this idea of, I don't really know what's going on here, so I'm just going to tell you exactly what he told me. Right. And you're going to see that a little bit in John chapter 4. You made mention when Jesus has his interaction with the woman at the well, and she goes into the city to talk to these people. She didn't know hardly anything about Christ, but we're told that she just tells them, hey, this guy told me everything about me. Just come and, come and check him out. Right. And, and the, I think the message there is just the simplicity of evangelism. Right. Listen, we don't, you made the point. We don't have to overcomplicate this. Just tell someone what Jesus told you. I mean, at the end of the day, I know that sounds simple, but at the end of the day, I think that's what we're called to do in a lot of ways, is tell, Jesus, tell someone what Jesus has told you. you. You read through the Word, and you see what Jesus has taught and what He wants from us. Just go and tell that to someone else. It, it really is that simple because of the power to actually change people's lives is contained within the Word, not within us. It's our job simply to bring the two together and allow the gospel to impact someone's life. And I think we see a great example of that here with the early apostles where they're, they're doing just that. They, they just met Jesus. They right. don't know who he is. Yeah. They can't explain his purpose yet. But what they can do is they can tell him, hey, he told me to come and see. So I'm going to tell you the exact same thing. Come and see for yourself. And that, I mean, just the, the power of the simplistic message of evangelism there it really should have an impact on all of us. That all of us can do, can do that. We can all do that. If Christ has impacted our lives in such a way that we have given ourselves over to him, we have become Christians, then we have everything we need to make that introduction on behalf of someone else. We need to be doing the same thing that these early apostles were doing. Yeah, and you know, not just what I like about the end of this chapter of seeing that picture of the simplistic nature of sharing the gospel or sharing Jesus with others. But also in this passage, you, you see the power in that. Mm-hmm. I mean, the power in that. Now, it, it has to be the power plays upon a heart that's ready, upon a heart that's soft. You know, and, and Nathaniel is kind of skeptical about it. But yet he comes and Jesus calls out to him, you know, there in verse 47, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. And so mm-hmm. Nathaniel's already coming with this, you know, the heart that's ready. He's ready. And, you know, he, he now has that introduction to Jesus, and he's the impact is powerful. Mm-hmm. Behold, you know, behold the Son of God. You are the Son of God, Nathaniel says in verse 49. And so you see the power 
of an introduction to Jesus that it can have on somebody. And again, all of that is exactly the same. That you, you introduce the gospel, you introduce others to, to Jesus and who he is, and there remains an incredible amount of power in that when, when a heart comes to that introduction ready for it and open for it, maybe is a better way to say it. Yeah. And you see all of those things playing out right here at the very beginning. And, you know, it, it, listen, there's going to be other hearts that we're going to see throughout the Gospel of John that are coming to introduce to Jesus, and their heart is not ready. Right. And they're going to have a very different uh, outcome than what Nathaniel has here. But you see both of that. Mm-hmm. But yet Philip, all the only thing that he had was, hey, you need to come and see. And now it's, it's on Nathaniel yeah. now. And Nathaniel has certainly an incredible introduction. But from Philip, he got his role done. Hey, introduce you to Jesus. And Nathaniel, he's going about it in the right way. And we, we've got to be able to be on both of those planes, sharing Jesus, but yet ourselves carrying that open heart. And because there is incredible power in that understanding who Jesus is and what he's all about. Yeah, I, I love the way chapter one ends. I think it's such a a powerful way to end kind of this introduction to Jesus. Because as you've mentioned, after he has this interaction with Nathaniel, and Nathaniel sees Jesus as the Son of God and proclaims this as such, you almost get this moment where Jesus looks at him and says, you haven't seen anything yet. Yeah, that's right. Just wait, you know. And and it's just that moment of, okay, and then, you know, chapter 1 ends. I think that's such a powerful way to do it because in a lot of ways that's, you know, I think Nathaniel probably was overwhelmed because in his mind he's, he's found the Messiah, he's found the Son of God. And the, the response that he gets is, just wait. Just wait till what you're going to see happens. And I think, you know, that's, that's such a cool way of kind of concluding chapter 1 because in a lot of ways that's the truth with us too. You make that introduction to Christ and there's that initial excitement. But man, you haven't seen anything yet. Yeah, you haven't great. seen the change and the power that he can have on someone's life. And so that, I think, really sets up the rest of the chapter, or rest of the book, for that matter. We'll go ahead and wrap things up there. Our time's about over. So uh, we want to thank everyone for taking some time out of their morning to study along with us. Hopefully this has given you uh, something to think about and has gotten you excited about our study through the Gospel of John. If you're ever in the area and looking for a place to worship, we'd love to have you come and join us. Uh, We meet on the corner of 82nd and Lafayette Road on the northwest side of Indianapolis. We have Bible classes for all ages at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning followed by worship at 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. Sunday evening. And we do live stream our services. If you're unable to join us, you can follow us at traderspointchurch.org. So thanks again for your time this morning, and we'll talk to you again next week. You've been listening to Truth Talk with John Morgan of the Traders Point Church of Christ. Traders Point Church of Christ is located at 8220 West 82nd Street in Indianapolis. More information about worship times and Bible study can be found at traderspointchurch.org. You can hear Truth Talk every Sunday at 10 a.m. right here on 98.9 FM WYRZ.